0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets.
1: But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the
0: Everyday Driver Car Debate. I feel like the last couple years here in Park City have been winter, but -hmm. this year is serious.
1: <laughs> this Two year years ago, we had very a huge snowball. serious.
0: Yes, yes, it was good. that was crazy. But we're in major storms now. Here we are. Hi, welcome to Tuesday. By the way, yeah, this is uh, mid-January, which means Park City is currently bracing for the Sundance Film Festival. Yes, and there is they a are. there is a weird trend, even on light snow years. Somehow, magically. The snowstorms snow come right before st- Sundance starts. So that yeah, ends up being a nice snowy be. Sundance, but we're getting <laughs> dumped on. And I say that because the last couple of days I am driving around and watching astounding levels of idiocy with lack yeah. of winter tires yeah. and people
1: completely freaked as a result. Well, like, I told you. Mm-hmm. You can tell the difference between people – a, used to driving in snow. Then mm-hmm. the, the next level is people used to driving in snow with winter tires. Mm-hmm. And then the third category, which is people who have no clue, and they're freaked All of the beyond above. belief. Yes. They're freaked out driving slow, and there's a backup of traffic. Mm-hmm. Everybody just – you can hear the collective eyeball rolling.
0: Yes. Well, but, but I have to admit, if you're driving a car in this kind of weather like we're getting right now, you aren't used to driving in snow and you don't have winter tires, you should be freaked. Yeah. I'm freaked for you. <laughs> I much. passed a Corolla early this morning. I know, Corolla jokes. But I passed a Corolla early this morning that was sitting on a hill. Now, from a distance, it looked like they were parked. Oh, they no. weren't parked. <laughs> they were sitting on a hill with the front tires constantly moving. Okay. All that was happening is they were staying in one place while I passed them. Fantastic. And I just kept
1: thinking, honestly, after I passed them, I had to have this thought, how does that end? <laughs> I can because tell you, I don't want to be there when it ends. T- totally, I don't want to be anywhere in the same county when it ends. Be- because that's the thing, the, and they and they do, not, not like they had it floorboarded. Okay, it's not like they were wee
0: But I mean, you're just watching their tires slowly <laughs> spin while they sat still on a hill. So they were keeping themselves stationary, which means when wow. they stop, they'll probably slide back a bit. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And then, what, wind up in the ditch? Honestly, in a weird, tacky way, this is a public service announcement for if you live somewhere where there's <laughs> snow. And honestly, there's a shocking number of people that are Utahns, people that live in Utah. I don't know why that's the term. It sounds like a creature from Star Wars. But there's a shocking number know. of Utahns that do not get winter tires. Folks, if you get snow, you need winter
1: tires. I'm doing the the preaching here about tires again, yeah, but it's happening. it makes a difference. Well, speaking of Sundance... You were talking a little bit about that. And mm-hmm. the joke here is even though you, you probably know that Todd and I spent a good amount of time in Los Angeles, yeah. which is yeah, where yeah. the show started. So we're used to being in and around the industry is the for term sure. for yeah, yeah. the filmmaking, movie making Hollywood industry. Yeah, for sure. And so the joke here for Sundance is the PIBs. So we get email updates. You know, you'll see the realtor updates, whatever that is. And you'll see, hey. Be sure to watch out for the PIBS, which is the acronym for People in Black, which mm-hmm. means they're all from LA or yes. in the industry, and they're walking around in the craziest attire. We're well, cruising around in our winter tires and winter tire shoe equivalents, yes, whatever the, those are. You bring up a good point. You know, we're cruising around in our winter jackets. You know, everything. We're bundled up and we're happy and warm. Yeah. And they show up and they're <laughs> not happy with Sundance, the weather.
0: <laughs> Sundance, of course, has a level of see and be seen. Oh, very much and so. And so we always go, and we always go to Main Street because they change things. And last year, I have to, I have to give you both kudos and also laugh at the situation. Last year, I'm not, I didn't think we'd be this far down into Sundance, but last year, we were all down on Main Street, one of the first uh, nights of Sundance when it was really crazy. You helped a woman across the street,
2: which oh sounds my, very chivalrous and was that. very
0: chivalrous, but here's the story. You were wearing <laughs> normal, it's snowing currently because it was snow everywhere. I was warm, dry, happy. She was wearing what I can only describe as a nice evening gown like you would wear to the Met Gala. That's good, yeah. And flat bottom, at least four-inch stilettos, which, of course, if you've ever looked at the bottom of a high heel shoe, have no tread of any kind. There is Mm -hmm. one intersection you have to walk across (laughs) at Main Street. Now, Main Street, Park (laughs) City, you've probably seen a picture of Park City at some point. It's all those multicolored mining houses. It's very cool. But this is like the epicenter of Sundance social scene, okay? At the bottom of that is a intersection to cross, which is the slightest, the slightest upgrade. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> beyond that, it actually becomes a hill. But this is like if you put a marble on it, marble would think for a second and then decide uh, to uh, just uh, go downhill. Then decide on its direction. She couldn't get off the curb <laughs> because she couldn't get enough traction when she would step forward well. to keep moving. So Paul literally grabbed her underneath the elbow and kind of lifted her up and Borderline carried her across the street. I don't know how she got up the rest of the hill, but she got her across the street. She looked great, and I wanted to help. You were being very helpful. Yes, you were very chivalrous. Be that guy. Yes, but at the same time, yeah that that is actually that is the clothing equivalent of please get winter tires right there.
1: Exactly right. And so, by the way, actually the making it car-related, the Sundance Film Festival is sponsored by Acura.
0: (laughs) Yes, they do a very good job.
1: they really pulled just about every model. They've displayed the Acura NSX Mm -hmm. two years ago. They actually craned it into the courtyard of a restaurant, Mm -hmm. and there was no other way to get it in and out. They had to crane it in and out because there's fencing, and you can't drive this car in there, but they had it displayed. And Acura does a great job, and it's actually growing... The downtown yeah. area has actually grown. There's a lot of new buildings yeah. down there, yeah, new, yeah. Uh, new structures. So they're doing it again, is my understanding. It'll be all Acura
0: SUVs, huge here in about two sponsors. Weeks.
1: Yeah. Lyft is is huge in mm-hmm. Park City, actually. So the car thing is actually kind of a big deal, and you want to be seen in cool stuff, cruising mm-hmm. up Main Street. And there's a you know,
0: chrome wrapped Bentley GT convertible it that shows up at Sundance every year. Makes it. Don't know where that comes from. Also, you I start think it's a seeing. Rental. Probably. You start seeing nice cars getting trucked in and inexplicably driving around. Also not with winter tires. I'm just on a winter tire kick today because I've seen a lot of madness today. It matters.
1: Today. Yes, for sure. It matters. Well, guys, we've got a great podcast. We've got a topic Tuesday, which is going to be pretty fun. I agree. A question from Ben on Facebook a couple weeks ago who asked us what our ideal motorsports garage would look like. Okay. And it gives us categories. Road course, autocross, rallycross, straight line, and then drifting.
0: I'm very curious how you tackled this. I I went very reachable for this.
1: I so, have a bit of a balance. Okay, all right. We've also got a great car debate from Daniel. I believe he's out in the Ozarks and asking for the best bang for his low budget bucks, mm-hmm. and brings some memories. I mean, he's talking about sobs in here, yeah, and he's for talking sure. about you know old MR2s, and he's yeah. got he's, he's got excited. a low budget, but we're gonna find him something for he's his excited. fun car to bomb around cool, yeah. in. All right, so let's get to this topic Tuesday here. So ideal motorsports garage, mm-hmm. and Ben also asks if we have a favorite among the styles, which we will get to in just a moment. But I'm I'm letting myself not go completely exotic here. Okay, but the the aspirational cars that I want in my life, and mm. of course, if you. Jump on! Bring a trailer. Let me put it this way: Don't do that. When, when in the course of your daily bring a trailer <laughs> exercise, because you know we all go through we our circuits, we yeah. go through a circuit, the news circuit, and our favorite, and we get to the cars, and we yes. got to bring a trailer, and we go to you know catch our favorite news, and hopefully and you're then, listening to the podcast. And then what what are those cars worth now? I should look one of those up. That happens a <laughs> exactly. couple times a day. Yeah, and you you eventually reach the cars that you think. Man, I just want money, not to have money, but so I can turn the money into <laughs> cars. Into that I want to turn it. I, I just want to own that. That's cool. Yeah, I, yeah like twelve yeah. percent of me wants to own that. <laughs> Only twelve percent. Wow. Okay. Got well, it. Well, maybe that'd be a Raptor I know. or something. There's the you know? there's the random cars. You're like, maybe if I had an extra garage space, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? All right. So starting out with the road course, I'm here at track days. I'm thinking about the most fun that we have when we do our okay. annual Europe trip, our pilgrimage trip, sure, sure, sure. and the joke that we have about the GT3 dispenser, and that mm-hmm. it's got to be on my list.
0: Well, I did. I did two categories. I did a of each. I, uh, I did cars under hundred grand. I did the whole list. Oh, you like limited reachable, yourself. and then okay. I did money no object. And on my money no object list, I have the GT3 RS. Do you? Okay, yes. I mean that For is why that is, not. Why not? It's going to be bulletproof. At the top. Apparently, enough people drive them. They clearly work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they work. I'd take a GT3. I'd, I'd even slum it in GT4 land. A GT4 I'd, club sport I would do all day long. I would. Yeah, yeah. I would troll that, that land. But then, you know, I thought, if it weren't Porsche, if Porsche were out of the equation for me for road course Good track challenge days, for you. Like it. what would I do? And I found myself scrolling up and down and clicking all over the Radical website
0: Oh, okay. The
1: Radical RXC Spider or the GT3? I'd take the entry level Radical. I'd start at the sure. beginning. Sure, it doesn't have to be the the GT3 is essentially the top. It's a hundred and eighty mile an hour car. It's six hundred horsepower. Oof, it's insane. Yeah, fine. But just the chassis alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in these. And there's actually a Radical headquarters or dealership right near the ring. I mean, it's it's right yeah. on the yeah. top part of the ring to the north there. And I just thought I could go for something like that
0: I- for money no object the b a c mono starts to be pretty interesting too really yeah i don 't know how I mean i 've never driven one i 'd love to drive one if we you have get one in that. please write the podcast, but no, exactly. but the uh, the b a c mono would be a fascinating car as a, as a road as a road course car, I think. I, I don't mm. know, but I think that'd be really interesting to have one of those. But I agree. The Radical is very dedicated. And, of course, the GT3 RS clearly just runs. That's all it does. They yeah. run. It'd They're be everywhere. Money On my little more affordable, I thought, you know what? If I could get one of those, and, of course, you'd have to have it as only a track car here in the U.S., the Exige with the V6. You could get that here in the U.S., yeah? As a track car, just you could. Just as track car only. Yeah. Fine. Dedicated track a V6. car. Ship one over. That would be great. Yeah. So it's just your dedicated track beast. Hmm. I I think that's I would be a very very happy man for a long time. In I that think car. so. Yeah. yeah no yeah. reason to upgrade, right? No, not why not? Great. You just have fun. Just, just go have fun. Ring the daylights out of that thing. completely. And you wouldn't be the fastest thing on on the straights, but you wouldn't be much slower than the fastest thing on the straights. And then you have all the X siege cornering plus downforce.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's in my under-100,000
1: version of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Well, funny enough, you mentioned the BAC Mono because that is on my list for autocross. Really? Because, hear me out. Okay. We want to get in one, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a Mm single-seater. Autocross is pretty much a solo— Lap event. Kind I see of that. Thing. I see that. Yeah, it's light enough to jump off the line, and it's light enough to be very nimble. I would think it's be very nimble through corners, even Hope though so. it is yeah. a road course. But it's not the high speed kind of. Mm. It'll mm. get its lunch eaten by other bigger, faster cars. Let's mm. be honest. Okay. And so I look at this as kind of more of an autocross, nimble, fun, okay, fairly Depends lightweight. I mean, in comparison, very lightweight. Your visibility's killer.
0: Visibility's <laughs> <probably> great. <laughs> there are no a pillars. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking for the okay. for the ultimate autocross car. Right. You can autocross anything, and of that is actually one of the questions. Yeah, I saw that. Somebody has a Honda Accord, and yes, you can. Yes,
0: please, please go autocross with that. If that's, you're, you're you just going to gonna take be it and
1: go, yeah. Really wanting tires and trying to figure out how to get tires into your life. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking at that car as sort of, yeah, that would be pretty much the tops. I can see it. I can see it. I mean, I'm sure there's autocross drivers that can pull times out of an S2000 or whatever. Or, you oh, know, yeah. Some serious, crazy times. But I think the, the BAC would be pretty competitive.
0: Up there. I, I remember there was a, a guy that was uh, local, actually, here. Had one of those blue one-year-only S2000 CRs with the fixed wing.
1: Oh, 2010? And, and
0: he 2010? was just, he was the guy everybody was chasing. i bet. That'd I'll be bet. a really fun car in autocross. My, uh, my really cheap autocross car was the Mazda Speed MX-5. That's the NB Miata. Now, it's the one I fit in the least, but you get a little turbo punch if you get it wound out, but you're still driving a Miata, which is obviously nimble and fun and rear-wheel drive. That was kind of my play there because I thought autocross car, we're just buying it just for autocross. Yeah.
1: I I remember really
0: hating the driving position because of my legs. Well, the NB is not a car that fits either one of us, but you're autocrossing. You're getting it for... I you know, thirty seconds at a time. <laughs> We're driving, you thirty know. to
1: forty-five seconds. Yeah, per exactly.
0: Lap, right, exactly. I also thought because we've done it and it is crazy cheap and a very fun autocross car. If you go front-wheel drive, you have to say Fiesta
1: ST here. Yeah, good ones. I looked them up because it does actually have to do with the debate later on. Mm-hmm. They're still ten grand. They are. Mm-hmm. I found a really beat down one for like seven, but it was high mileage and really beat down and run away pretty much. Stay away. But it's a that's a lot of fun for ten grand though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think could Fiesta ST be a cool winter beater? I think it could yeah. be a cool winter oh, car yeah, yeah. with, with Brzacks sure. on it. For sure, yeah. I think that'd be really fun. Actually, yeah. handbrake turns everywhere. All right, so jump into rallycross here. I am maybe a bit of a foregone conclusion with my first answer because naturally i need a safari 911 for my rally cross car of course
0: you do naturally. now rally cross if you can't envision it rally cross is that kind of invented by the x games idea of here's some concrete here's some dirt we're doing all of the above there's probably some jumps in it but you have yeah. to have a car that can handle dirt your safari 911 is a good idea has to have a car that can handle dirt and has some suspension travel but then you do wind up on actual pavement for a little bit and a couple of corners that actually you need some real normal cornering ability. It's not just slide around the corner. It's a weird mix of the two. The course is very wildly, but this is what we're
1: talking about. I like, okay, Safari 911, I see it. I mean, it's not full-on WRC, which is awesome, yeah. but think Tanner Faust, Ken Block, mm-hmm. all those guys are driving Peugeots. Matthias Ekstrom, uh, you know, those guys are driving Peugeots and, mm-hmm. well, Mitsubishi no longer, but, you know, various... You know, small things. They're on a stadium track, yeah. you know, in the yeah, field yeah. kind of track that's yeah. set up and planned. And so I think that could be pretty cool cruising around there. But I did let myself run with this one okay. because there's two okay. other cars that intrigue me endlessly okay. that I really want to get in. The first one is an Audi Quattro. Mm. From the Group B, the '80s racing, yeah, the old black, white, and yeah. red, 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 white, and black one. Yeah, those are very cool. I yeah. want an Audi Quattro. I yeah. think that would be really sweet. But the ultimate, you know what I really want for this category, in 1986, Ford RS 200 Evolution. Okay. Tiny. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When They're this nuts. car just nuts, I remember reading a magazine article about the street version of this car. Mm-hmm. I think well. I, not quite when it came out, but it was late '80s. I was a kid. Yeah. And the article, the author talked about the drive shaft and how the car launched so hard it actually twisted the drive shaft like you would a drinking straw. Sure. Yeah. It torqued it. Yeah. And I was flabbergasted. Yeah, I, I yeah, couldn't yeah. believe this that that a car could have so much output that it would twist metal like mm. this in. You know, I, I was just well, amazed know, at this car. It's never forgotten. It.
0: Ken Block here locally has one that he bought and painted all black and has really cool graphics yeah, package yeah. on it, and is very mean looking. Yeah, it's pretty. The cool. street version. I can see that. I said for because look, I, I tried to stay like what's a stock car at under 100k for my one list, and then what's the like crazy built version? Okay, of, I the like cra- the two lists. All right. So the rallycross standard. What stock car did I buy? And nobody's going to be surprised. I I'm going to say a GSR Evo X. So the oh, Evo good. 10. With the, with the stick shift, go out and bomb around in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's able to do the dirt. It's able to do the concrete. Hopefully it can jump something and not kill itself. We'll see. So there's that. But then we get into the Rallycross madness. I thought of the Cosworth. I thought of the RS2000 thing. That That's all very, all very cool. Yeah. I want to drive pretty much whatever he's done with, one of Sebastian Loeb's Peugeot's. Oh,
1: yeah. Those are powerful.
0: They are nutty. Those are 800 horsepower. They're they're nutty. They're all-wheel drive. Peugeot's yeah. in name only, built for him. And, of course, he's pretty much a driving god. Anyway, you put him in whatever, and he's like, oh, lap record. Oh, look, <laughs> lap record. That's <laughs> that old guy. I did a lap exactly. record. Exactly. They, they do the race of champions in, in in Europe. It was just like, oh, Sebastian Loeb won again. Oh, look, True. Pike's Peaky won again. The guy's just insane. Yeah. But, yeah, any
1: Peugeot he's done with, essentially, there's there's the rallycross car. <laughs> the Peugeot is only in sticker form. That's the only part exactly. Of, yeah. Peugeot, that is that car. But
0: I, so I don't even know. I don't even know what to call them. I'm just going to identify them as his old Peugeots. They'll be perfectly fast. And Your fun. old
1: castoffs, we'll will happily take. Yeah. Okay. We're moving to straight line now, and you might think this is Hellcat land, which it could be, or mm-hmm. it could be electric car land. Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. be for mm-hmm. straight line. And this could be the flying mile. It could be Texas. It could yeah. be the the drag strip. It could be whatever you want it to be in straight line performance. I thought of
0: quarter miles at the shortest. At quarters, the shortest. quarters, halves, and fulls. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: thinking runways. Yeah, I am too. You know, and, big and in that stuff.
0: regard, and, and also the other thing that happens in this regard, I mean yeah, Hellcats are intriguing and vipers are intriguing, and big boys are intriguing. But the problem is Z R one. The problem is you got to launch those cars, and the cars that launch are all-wheel drive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so keep going. But then, when you think of electric cars, yeah, they'll take just about anything off the line. But in the but long if you're doing mile, the mile, what happens? That's when they run yeah. out of steam. You're right, or you're right. electricity, or yeah. whatever they run, they, they, they run out of. They they run out of gearing. Essentially, what they <laughs> they run out of gearing. Yeah. yeah. So, funny enough, I chose two cars that are actually great on track and great mm-hmm. cornering. Okay. But they are incredible in a straight line. Okay. First one is a McLaren 720S. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that, that would work. That'd be good. I'd, I'd like this car. And great at track and great at corners. Yeah. The thing can drift. It's got modes. It's It can do Not all-wheel drive, actually, but still wickedly fast. But yeah. straight line, this thing's a beast. Mm-hmm. And the second beastly thing would be a 2019 Corvette ZR1. Really, this thing can corner like oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: a lot of amazing cars. Yeah, well, I think the hardest part of that in straight line would just be getting a good launch out of it.
1: True, you need to put the power down. You got to hook up. But the reason for both these cars is the sound for me. Okay, electric cars could probably jump faster. The Hellcat would make more drama. Mm-hmm. But both of these, for the sound coming out of these cars, as okay. part of the straight line experience, sure. I mean, red sure. line in every gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McLaren is very different than the ZR1. Completely. But both Completely. of those cars, for me, for straight line.
0: Okay, my uh, my reachable car here, my my somewhat affordable car that you can just drive stock in a straight line and go quickly, the nine nine seven turbo. Oh, that is yeah. the last gen. I know they just released the 992, but it's not out yet. So, the last gen, the mid 2005 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to 2012 911 in turbo form. Those things launch it's pretty hard. Wickedly fast. Yeah. It's all-wheel drive. They can launch however many times you want to launch. That's the thing about it. That that wasn't a good run. Let's just do it again. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. this. This was the only car out there at the time that the GTR was out and blowing everybody away with zero, zero to sixty times before electrics were doing it. This was the only car that was running anywhere close to the GTR was the nine nine seven turbo. Mm. So that's my somewhat reachable mm. version. Good. Of course, you could argue GTR here too, but I just prefer the nine nine seven. And then for the madness version, I'm staying all wheel drive. I'm staying lots of top end power. Okay. I'm torn between the madness that is the Aventador V12. <laughs> Speaking of noise. Or the I'm riding an Airbus and good lord it's fast of the Bugatti Chiron.
1: Oh, that's also very good. Very, very good. I,
0: I think it, I think it's a matter of how hot is it outside today and how much do I want to relax? Okay, I'll beat you with the Chiron. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Do I want to listen to music and... Yeah. sip something while i exactly. eat you or? exactly one hand I, on the wheel I launch controller we're gone yes oh that's up there yeah funny enough i wonder you know there's so many people that talk to us that have i i, I should correct that not so many people but there are a few mm-hmm. that talk to us about the Shiron and having the most numbers or the best numbers in every category being the best car on the planet it's top trump's discussion yeah i get it it's well, it's the lowest zero 60. Mm-hmm. It's got the most horsepower, mm-hmm. the biggest tire width section, the, the most expensive oil change. It's the bar the, fight. Doesn't that mean it's the best, Paul? It's the best, right? Well, I'm wondering if that car would be trounced by... That would actually be a good episode. A Chiron being trounced by a, you name the inexpensive sports mm. car that's better to drive on a canyon road. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm mm. out of my tree and maybe the Chiron is... But it ever, it just seems like that you know everybody does the straight line performance and yeah you know what about we just do a canyon road or a track day and we beat on this thing and it'd be fascinating to drive what about that car a sub hundred k car yeah. kind of beating its pants off in yeah. whatever category that'd be fun yeah. to find out it would be would be interesting all right so we're moving to the drift category and i i know the nissans kind of have drifting locked up yeah you could make I'll an, an argument that and nissan and as a brand yeah. has the drift thing down right. But I didn't go there. I was actually thinking of Cole, our friend out at Life Motorsports here, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. chance that you and I had to drift an M3. Yeah, I don't think it even was an M3. It was just an E36, I think. Yeah, and drift that around. It doesn't matter. Keep going. And it's got the inline six, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's not turboed, but you can just keep banging off the rev limiter and inline sixes just love to spin. Yeah. And it just it seemed great. Yep, upshift to second, and we got a chance to drift his little drift car around yeah. his, very his land there, his infield circuit there. Yeah, and I just fun. thought that really struck a chord with me. It's a BMW, it's mm-hmm. European, mm-hmm. and it's still small enough. I could make a case for a Mustang, but I'd almost rather go a little bit smaller, but I want the European thing instead mm. of the Nissan. That's just that's just me, even though again, Nissan and Drifting yeah. are like peanut butter and jelly, right? Yeah.
0: The the two forties and the three fifties, they're great for it. I totally get that. And uh, you know, I thought back to that two forty we did when we did that drift one on one day. I thought about that mm-hmm. and how much fun mm-hmm. that was. And that led me to the, to, I mean, look, I know it's a car I talk about a lot, but it led me to the more, if you want to talk about the modern version of that car, and that's the 86 chassis. yeah handles very similarly to that 240. Yeah. Yeah. And in spite of having an electric steering rack, has a lot of information, is a very easy car to drive and weight shift. All of these things are great for drifting. So what about an 86? This is my approachable list. The 86 with the supercharger. Mm. Done. Mm. Just have a good day.
1: And then from my you've (laughs) got
0: to be kidding me list, what about the 86 with one of those crazy (laughs) engine swaps like the Ferrari V8 or, you know, put an LS in there. Just get a big what is that motor doing in it? Because this is what happens with drift cars. Pretty much. It's a power number that is difficult to comprehend. And then it's fenders that no longer really exist because the steering angle is like double or triple what it was from the factory. You can practically go 90 degrees with your steering.
1: Yeah. Huge yeah. tires
0: in the back. Turbo's the are, size of your head. Seriously, that, that are smoked the minute you release the clutch. So yeah. I just thought, let's do that to an 86 <laughs> and just see how sideways we can go until we
1: literally blow the tires up. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, interesting. All right. So favorite among the styles? Ooh. I, ooh, I guess road course. Probably road course. Just as a personal extraction of chasing personal best and chasing personal times and driving skill, probably road course. But the Rallycross is speaking to me I right now. I agree with you there, yeah. It is just speaking to me.
0: Rallycross offers everything at once, yeah. which is very cool. But I agree with you that the road course uh, – this is going to sound weird. Road course is as close as I get to golf. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Explain yourself. I know. Everybody's going. What? Because you're not God even just close to golf. Mind. No, I, I, I have zero interest in golf. But I realize there are a lot of people that, that play it and love it. <laughs> yes, and, okay, whatever. Yes. But but if you, if you around people that golf, okay, they're obsessed with that they do one better than they did last time, and they will play into oblivion to do one better than last time. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is how I feel about road course driving. Oh, look, I got it. I got a tenth off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Unless I, you're racing professionally. If I photographed or, yeah. those two cars crossing the finish line, you could pretty much overlay the two cars. Okay. You know, okay. at the fraction of a tenth of a – who cares? But it's just, can I do this a little bit better than last time? Can I fine-tune it? Can I do better? Can I have a good day? That is really fascinating about the road course. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm surprised how much I enjoy that. I mean, to be honest, my favorite thing is a really nice canyon road. Yeah. But the there's road a, course is awesome. There's a the, headspace
1: the, issue about that. True. That, that puts you in a just a zone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. So road course is awesome. Rallycross is fascinating though, isn't it? Yeah, I would it do is. that in a heartbeat. It really
1: is. I, yeah. All right. So it sounds like we need to create a TV episode out of this. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Who has
0: we're, a place we can rally cross? We were
1: mulling TV episodes, actually, before we started the podcast, and actually, all this has led me to the auctions, because we're in January right now, and yeah. all the, the auction season is starting up again. Mm-hmm. Scottsdale is coming up, and RM Sotheby's and Gooding have just a very tasty list of oh so much stuff, and I realize <laughs> how many cars we haven't driven. Yeah, there's, true. There's so much we true, have, true. and there's so many cars we haven't. Mm-hmm. It's amazing You're to right. me. It's just it's pretty astounding, and there. I'm just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm starting the year. It's the silly season. It's the yeah, crazy, it's you know. Managed. It started off with the auction season once again, which is awesome, and I love it. So cool. all that is coming. But, yeah, Ben, thank you for your Topic Tuesday. If you've got a Topic Tuesday question you'd like us to discover, discuss, rather, and, you know... Pick apart change. No, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> well, just pick it apart. But
0: this is the thing. It becomes that discussion with you guys. And I'm sure as you're listening, you have your thoughts. That's what we love about
1: it. It doesn't have conclusions. It has right. here are my thoughts now, which is what makes it so fun. Right, right. All right. Well, yeah. Please send it to us along with your debate. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com or the website too. You can find us on the contact button under the about tab on EverydayDriver.com. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back. Attention, football fans. While you watch all the exciting games in the postseason up to the big game, coach Jim Harbaugh on Attack Each Day as the esteemed head coach of Michigan Talks Football, family, and so much more with guests like Dan Patrick.
2: With an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. (laughs) You like that, Dan? I love it. Gotta coin that.
1: Check out Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, every Tuesday on Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
0: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Daniel writes us with the car debate for this episode. He's writing in and saying, All right, I've gotten to the place where, you know, like family life is arranged and kids are arranged and wife is on board and I have a little bit of money and it's time <laughs> to buy the fun car. Yeah. And he thought he thought he was gonna have around twenty grand to play with, but they've had a real conversation about out of debt and what do we have and it's more like um <clears throat> Four to seven thousand dollars. <laughs> this is our problem,
1: which is okay.
0: It is okay. It is okay. But we're buying a dedicated, only has to be fun car. It doesn't have to do anything else, which is also really cool. So let's see if we can help Daniel.
1: Yeah. Well, he's been interested in cars, of course, going back to a kid. But everything, budgetary restrictions, life in general, really kept him from pursuing all this. You know, can I have a real fun car? Fast forward to 2010 in his life, his very sensible 2007 Honda Accord was totaled, completely totaled in a wreck, and he got gap coverage, so he was fine. But he swore that he would never purchase again a brand new car. But he remains thankful to Honda Motor Company, which is great. We're glad you're all right and everything turned out okay. And so he went searching for another sensible family sedan and ended up in an 04 Saab 93 Aero with the prestige trim level. Okay. (laughs) And he says, whoops. Yep. He got an incredible deal on it. Well, his father had the foresight to teach him how to drive a manual transmission, and the dealership kind of screwed up a little bit and sold the Aero Prestige for the base price of one of these cars. Yeah, yeah. So he got a great deal, and he named it Esmeralda. (laughs) Oh, Esmeralda. Was it green? I'm wondering. Does
0: it need to be green? Sorry, go on. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, yeah, that was kind of a green era in... uh, in car but colors. Esmeralda,
0: that's that's like a that's a green character. Anyway, keeping going. Maybe yeah. so. All
1: right. So he'd tear around the Ozarks. He got into a high speed chase in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? After witnessing a hit and run on the freeway, got her up to 135 miles an hour. Holy moly! But then he learned the lesson the hard way when he let a friend borrow her Esmeralda yes. because you know he used it like a pickup truck and the clutch burned up. So he kept going, started a family, went with an '08 Honda Odyssey, and <laughs> he says. This thing is 6,000% nicer and more fun to drive than any minivan ever should be. Well, we kind of agree, but it's still a
0: minivan. I mean, you're driving an Odyssey, and here's the thing. Daniel has embraced what's great about minivans, and that is usability and lack of thought it requires. I mean, let's be Lack honest. Lack of thought. That's what. What it, it's just. It, it is. It is a. It's a shipping crate for transporting Push people. Push the button. Okay. Put in gear. You need a cup holder? We have one of those. You need that seat to move back? It can. You want it to tumble forward so We got room. It does. It's just. It. It's. <laughs> it, it's there to kind of be ready for your family needs. It's not there to be. Have you driven me yet? <laughs> and in spite of that, the Odyssey is okay for what it is. It's fine to drive. So I see that. I'm with Lack you. Lack
1: of thought. Awesome. Alright, so he doesn't say what his career is, but he caught a huge break in his career, and he was able to get his own car so the family didn't need to share one car. Yeah. So he got an O2 Jeep Liberty in decent shape, and he said it runs like a tank despite the vacuum lines and wire harnesses being held together with the power of electrical tape.
0: Ooh, electrical tape. That's what you need.
1: But this car disease is still there under the surface, just right under the surface, (laughs) splinter in your mind. Welcome, welcome. You're in the right place. So he wanted to start fixing his own cars and maintaining his own cars instead of letting, you know, repair shops, dealerships do that. Yeah. And so now he's caught up on debt. All is dead, apparently, and he's got a nice bonus on the way for the new year and permission from his wife to buy a new fun car. Mm-hmm. And because of this, going along with this, is that he's got the confidence that he can work on it and wrench on sure, it and repair it himself. get something older and it's not a big deal, yeah. And he's super excited. He was looking at the 2013 BRZ, and it is still his goal, but it's a little bit above his budget because yeah, they're, they're getting their home ready for sale.
0: Yeah, And, and, it, and those are 12 to 15 to get into the bottom of the 86 chassis used. And he thought he was going to have that much to work with, but we are. As we said, we're working with between four and $7,000 for a dedicated fun car. <laughs> and we probably can't go above that because I get the, the impression that Daniel's so excited that his wife is like, yeah, go do that. But yeah, go do that is fine at 7. But yeah, go do that is not okay at like 12. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're going
1: to push on this a little bit then, are you?
0: No, I'm not. I'm actually oh, going to okay. stay in. But I'm saying okay. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of, well, honey. <laughs> Let's do fifteen instead. No, it's it's four right. to seven.
1: That's where they are. Yeah. Four to seven. All right. So he's looking for anything cheap, fun, and weird. And the options that he's giving us so far, five of them. O four to O seven Honda Civic SI. Okay. And he likes it because of the Honda reliability, because of the Honda relationship. Honda's been great for him. Loves yes. Honda's. Mm-hmm. But he's thinking, well, it's kinda of boring and you know, he's still headed towards the BRZ at some point. Should he get something, you know, more like it?
0: In that vein. Yeah, I see that.
1: Maybe an old and busted high mileage G35 or 370Z because he likes the looks of them and he gets good reviews from his friends that have driven them. But the ones in the price range aren't in the greatest shape. And he says this would be a completely new platform for me. And what he means is by, by wrenching on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's yeah. wanting something closer to Honda maybe. But he does list a 91 Toyota MR2 Turbo, which Oof. is a completely different platform, easy in your budget, and probably awesome.
0: Yeah, it'd be fun. Do you fit? That's my question. That's but the that's biggest a thing. thing. Yeah.
1: He says, I'm not sure how to approach a mid engine car conceptually. And whether that's driving or wrenching on it, you've got to actually lift it, put it on your lift very differently yep. with a whole yep. lot of different care. Mm-hmm. But driving it is going to change your driving style, too. For sure. It's going to be very educational, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: And I want you in a rear wheel drive car. I really do. I want you in something rear wheel drive. Let's I, think embrace so. that.
1: I think so. I think so. He also goes back to a decent condition 90 Saab 900 turbo R93.
0: That's nostalgia, man. I, I that's think a, you need to move th- on. Yeah, that's nostalgia really picking do. in. And he says it will
1: remind me of my sweet Esmeralda. Yes, it will. <laughs> it will, yeah. But then he goes on to say a 2004-ish Saturn Ion Redline. Why not? Can I say run away? Can really? I say it run away? This is the Ion, the four door sedan. Oh,
0: he's not doing what I'm thinking. Not he's doing the Sky. Oh, you're right. The Ion that was you're like right. an Opel Astra. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. run away. The Sky. The, the Sky or yes. the Solstice. The Ion. You could Maybe get Ooh. one of those there. If you could, if you could pull that off, the Sky or the Solstice. And the thing is, I think those are more. Seven is probably the bottom of that market. Right, right. Maybe, yeah. They're right. Don't do the Ion. The um, the yeah, uh, the Sky or the uh or the Solstice from Pontiac. Pretty awesome. Could be yeah. really cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he says he's not selling the Jeep, so it doesn't have to be his daily. Mm-hmm. But you know, he wants to be able to rip around on mountain roads, around town. Good price, well bought, all those kinds of things. And I'm I'm with you, the Sky or the Solstice. But then I th- started thinking about in the Honda Arena. Going way back because you've opened up the door with that 91 MR2. Yeah. What about a Honda CRX? Oh, okay. They just run. Sure, yeah, yeah. How about a 91 CRX from the same era? There's all kinds of different variants here as far as condition and mileage and Completely, yeah. levels of abuse. But if you find a nice one? <laughs> levels of uh, abuse. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a
0: category when you're selling your car. You're, you're, you're putting up what is my car worth, and it's the level of abuse meter. It's not the condition of your car; it's the level of it's abuse. Not the Let's paint be quality. honest. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. The CRXs I always thought were really fun, chuckable, lightweight. Big they weren't, time. They didn't have a lot of power, time, but who yeah. cares? Yeah. But if you're you're wanting to stay in the Acura camp or the Honda camp, I say the Integra. Okay. Okay. Kind of fun. The problem with an Integra is good luck finding one that is not very distastefully modified because every one I've ever found <laughs> is terrible. Fair. Nobody has any Fair. taste. Stop yeah. with the terrible wheels and the uh, the bra and the wing and the... Everything. Stop it. Yeah, Keep everything. it stock and it looks better. Just the right set of wheels. They don't have to be 20s, please. Mm. <laughs> they don't...
0: It's a tiny little car. It doesn't oh. need 20s. You know, actually, I'm I'm digging around here a little bit. Uh, the the solstice is possible, but you can't get the turbo for this money. That's the thing. That's the so issue. you're dealing with. But okay, yeah, okay. 170, 180 horsepower. Which that's watch. There's a there's an ancient piece from us. <laughs> I don't know that you really should watch it. but yeah, we did drive that car. Even even we, were, we were pleasantly pleased with it. I really wanted that car to have a second gen. It was one of those things like the, the last of the Fieros where it was like if GM could do one more generation, they could make this awesome. Yeah. It was close to awesome. And so the Solstice, look, it is, it is in your range. Please don't get the Saturn Ion. Do the Sky, which is the Solstice yeah. uh, twin. It's the, it's the Sky or the or the Pontiac Solstice. And they are, the the bottom of them is right in your
1: budget, but you're not dealing in the turbo, so it's not going to be the red line Sky. Anyway, go yeah, right. All right, I'll, a few more cars here. I'll go real fast. Toyota Celica from 1989 to 93 because you sure. get that turbo in line four, yeah, yeah, yeah. fifth generation there how about a 2011 Mazda Speed 3 Sport for 5k Hmm. turbocharged goodness yeah plenty of space for the fam yeah kind of fun pretty squirrely off the line <laughs> kind of squirrely everywhere but fun 5k squirrely yeah I see it yeah if you want kind of funky and weird how about a first gen Mazda RX-7 now, nice ones are not going to be 5 to 7K, but you could go that direction. You can get a Porsche 944 in there.
0: You can. I, I thought about this as well. I
1: I like all of these and my wild card. Funny enough, you said Pontiac Fiero. This was a suggestion really? to me. Okay. The early cars were among the worst cars on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were complex and... Under-engineered, we'll say. <laughs> Complex <laughs> and under-engineered. Yeah, that's the plane you want to be on be right designed. there, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at this. This was a suggestion to me by a friend, and he said, what about a Star V8 dropped into the back of a Fiero? Wow.
0: Done-ski. like death on wheels. that ski yeah, That gets away from you and never comes back. Neither do you, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I have this weird thing for Fieros. I just liked them. I, I had the too. remote control I thing. Yeah. The, the car is a kid and I just, I just liked them. And I, you're I, right. That was, if they had stayed on the Fiero track, mm-hmm. imagine what cool Fieros could look like today. Totally.
0: They, they were close to a really good car when they were wrapping it up. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> as they were quitting. It's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. Uh, look, I, it's an obvious thing here, but I have to say it. Please drive an MX-5. Please go drive Good. some Miatas. Yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. I mean, when we did our generations of the Miata piece, the second gen that was in there, that guy had just bought it for two thousand dollars,
2: which he I can't it for, believe. It was a second gen. Believe. It was
0: in decent shape. It was a second gen. He bought it. It needed something a, that runs for two days. It needed a tune up, mean, oh. meaning essentially spark plugs and a new radiator. Yeah, and he did that in a weekend. And the easily, thing just runs. and the thing just ran. It was great yeah, for us. Yeah. I had like hundred fifty thousand miles. <laughs> Please go shop Miatas. You can almost. I was actually just looking at them. You can almost, but not quite, get into that second gen turbo, the Mazda Speed. But you don't even need that because those are kind of those are kind of bottomed out on their prices, right around seven or eight grand. It seems like, and then they're going to kind of hang out there because they are the, to this point the only Mazda Speed Miata. But for your budget, you can almost get. Almost get an NC. I mean, they really are coming down that far. So the first three generations of the Miata are viable for you. So you have to drive that car. Also, could be scary, but you're not afraid of the wrench. First gen Boxster base.
1: Oh, ooh for for, 7K? for seven K. Seven? they exist for seven K? I, I think that's
0: the bottom. Because isn't that's he going to get steamrolled
1: at eight K by his wife?
0: Oh, probably, probably. But I, I think, I think because those cars at the moment are they're unloved. And they mm. have not hung on to their value. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of thinking if you go the, the early ones, the top of your budget is the bottom of that world. And you're going to end up in the base one. But we actually have a piece coming up uh, talking about cars in and around $10,000. That's actually episode three of season four. It's actually and pretty fun. There's a first-gen yeah. Boxster in that discussion. I think you might be surprised. So maybe that's going to take some good shopping. and will look what I found. But that could be really cool. Uh, the old Nissans. Get an old Datsun or a 240. You forty. You're thinking? Yeah, why not? If, yeah. if he's not afraid of wrenching. And that's I'm the biggest differentiator of, here.
1: Mm-hmm. We wouldn't recommend these cars if he was afraid or was going to try to take it to a shop or and something I'm, I'm like that. And I'm
0: trying to think of he likes that BRZ. So what we're talking about is he really wants a pure rear-wheel drive sports car feel. Hmm. So what can give him that feel for this budget? Which I mean, loved your 944. The uh, But the, the old Datsuns. Think about that old 240 we drove. Yeah. That kid bought that for nothing. He might give it to you. (laughs) I doubt he would because he was doing a lot of great stuff with that car. But he bought it for next to nothing, like three or four grand, and he was slowly putting pieces on it. And when we drove it, it was, look, you smelled the fuel and you didn't care. It was just fun, okay? Mm -hmm. So you could how far back do you want to go? That was like a 74, if memory serves, okay? It was in the Mm -hmm. 70s. Mm -hmm. So how far back do you want to go? All the way up to the 90s, 240s, unless somebody turned them into a drift car and halfway destroyed them, they're just cheap. So Nissan 240s are going to do all of that. I do like your MR2 quite a bit. You mentioned the G35 uh, or the the Infiniti G35 or its sister car, the the Nissan 350Z. Both solid choices. Interestingly enough, compared to a lot of stuff we've talked about, those are bigger, heavier cars in feel than a lot of the other stuff we've talked about. Hmm. You say you really like the feel, the idea of the G35. I think you would enjoy that car. It doesn't feel nearly as light and agile as a lot of the other stuff we've mentioned, which brings me back to a wild card from me. Okay. The RX-8.
1: Oh, really? The RX-8. It's he's, either going to be the best car or the worst car he's ever he's owned. He's
0: not. A, he's. It doesn't have to be his only car. True. Daniel's true. not afraid of working on it, which means he's not going to be. He's going to be an owner that would be okay with taking care of something. He wants a little bit quirky.
1: Yeah. Okay. That is very
0: quirky. There's RX-8 actually. all over the place. It's it's it shares a chassis with that NC that third gen Miata. They are great to drive. They're great to drive. They just have a quirky engine. If you can mm. do the stuff like, did I put the oil in it? Did I warm the engine up? The stuff that it likes so that the engine is happy, you'll be happy in that car. Hmm. And you've got kids. If you need if you need to do a school run in that car at the last minute, you still can. It does that kind of thing that the, that the BRZ 86 chassis does. So my wild card here that might work is that RX-8. You're in a much more modern car. Because of that quirky
1: engine, you can get them for your budget. I think you might love it. Hmm. Fantastic! Thank you for writing to us. Like I said, write to us with your own debate. Please respect the two to scroll rule; it would be very <laughs> helpful. And paragraphs are helpful. <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got to jump to all these questions on social media, and I'm going to jump in here from Jay Doherty, 787, okay. asking the tap root moment, person, or car that oh. got us interested in cars. His was monster trucks at age five. Mm. Mine was definitely Matchbox and Hot Wheels. But yeah. do you remember Stompers? Vaguely. Remember those things with yeah. the foam wheels? And they're battery yeah. powered and they're they're I don't know, four inches long. Yeah, totally. You turn them on and they'll just try to climb I over anything. What
0: those were called. Yeah, absolutely. Stompers. You know what those would do that I discovered as a kid? Those would they wouldn't do it for long. They'd go underwater.
1: <laughs> they wouldn't do it for long. Bzz. But seriously, you could like <laughs> I, I would do this. I would
0: fill a sink with water and I would run it down one side and up the other. And you could do that for a couple times until it killed the battery, and then you could dry oh it all out gosh. and it would work again. I had I I loved those things. Those were great. Yeah, those were fun.
1: Oh my gosh, they had this light pipe coming out of the little light in the middle, and it would light up the headlights. Yeah. I had a Chevy Nomad, and I had that a bunch of so others. That is so funny. The stompers, just stompers. Did it for me. Oh my and they gosh. they were all wheel drive, and yeah. they would just and these little foam tires and mm-hmm. were so great. Yeah. And you could change out the tires from the hard rubber to the soft rubber and the soft foam.
0: <laughs> we were geeks early. Stompers were great. No, actually, the thing that put me over the edge was twofold. One, my dad owned a Jaguar E-Type, which is completely against who he is as far as a person. It was like, what are you it's doing like, owning an E-Type? He has an E-Type? So there was what? that. And, and every other thing in, in my life, car-wise, was this boring 1970s and 80s cars from England because I was living in England. Oh, yeah. So there was that. And then the other thing was, I've told the story before, a few blocks away from where I lived in England, There was a guy in England in the late 70s who had a 50s uh, Chevy, 57 Chevy, in the classic white and blue with the tail fins. Really? Chevrolet across the back and the flying V. And I would literally ride by on my bike and just stop and stare at that like it was a spaceship. Because it was like, what is that?
1: It looks nothing like the nothing like Rover everything. cars. Nothing like the, everything
0: from yeah, the 70s true, and 80s in England. True. And that made me go, what is this? And, of course, my grandfather had the E-Type and a bunch of stuff stored in his barn here in the U.S. while we were overseas. So I'd come here and I'd just walk around old cars. He had old stuff in his barn, like stuff from the 30s and 40s. And I would oh just climb in and be like, what
1: is this? <laughs> Holy moly. All of
0: it was in, embedded early for sure.
1: It's a question on Instagram as well from Pufftel P U F T H E L, asking for an update on the show coming to Prime in Europe, mm. Ireland specifically, and at least for the films, you can find us on Vimeo, and that's what we've done for our Canadian fans and listeners. That's the Thank best you guys. thing for international is Vimeo. It's, yeah. We're kind of at the mercy of the platform itself, mm-hmm. and there's not there's not one platform that serves the world. I would say because you know Amazon limits to various countries. Yeah. Vimeo is kind of the best one that we found that is kind of everywhere. I guess you can at least stream it everywhere. Yeah, it's international for need sure. need a browser. Yeah.
0: But I mean, we, we are on Amazon UK. I, I, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how Amazon splits all their borders. We are on Amazon UK. Clearly, you can't get it in Ireland. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I don't have a way to, to change that. I can't believe that you can't get it in Canada. That doesn't make any sense to me I'm still floored all. by that, honestly. But all right, honestly. so there's that going on. So Amazon has weird places where they draw the lines. I mean, my, my sister lives in England right now, and it's funny, some of the stuff that she can get that I can't get and vice versa, and we're both sitting there on Amazon. It's like, how is this possible? So sorry about that, but Vimeo does make it happen, so that is the, probably your way in.
1: By the way, speaking of uh, shout-outs here, Paulo A. on Facebook is listening in Portugal. Thank you. Just yeah. wanted to say hello. Very cool. Really Very appreciate cool. you following Pretty awesome. Never been there. I'd like to go sometime. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd
0: be great. Uh, Derek asked this question, Derek Miller, on Facebook. What causes this car disease, and is there a cure? (laughs) Uh, Well, Derek, uh, this may be dark, but I'm going to go with it anyway. What causes it is you actually, for some reason, you look at a pretty car. We just talked about the cars that that affected us as kids. Mm -hmm. You look at a pretty car, and then somewhere down the line, you discover, I can control that. And then while controlling it, this is fun. (laughs) <laughs> these are the steps, yeah, these yeah. are the steps to addiction. The only way to cure it honestly, honestly is you get to that place in life and I've known people that have gotten there. you get to that place in life where the potential for risk is too great for you to care anymore. And I'll, and I'll give you a personal example, okay, okay? Fair enough. I know a lot of guys, and I am to some degree fighting against this because I'm now a father, but uh, I know a lot of guys that were hardcore rock climbers in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And then they became fathers in their early 30s, and it was like overnight, I'm never climbing again, because they mm-hmm. personally assessed the risk and just went, I don't want to climb. I have kids, and I didn't like it that much. And I was like, you you, you loved it. I've seen that happen with people in driving too. Sure. Sure. Now, you can do. Now, and I'm talking, please. I'm also talking about the driving beyond I need to get somewhere driving. I think we're all car enthusiasts enough right, that we right. want to drive for fun. And I think if you get to a place where age or life or whatever, that's not important enough, that can quote unquote cure you of the disease, but if that's the case, you're probably not listening to this podcast, and if you are listening to the podcast and
1: you think you're cured, stick with us for a while, and maybe you'll buy something fun. <laughs> cured. We never actually want to reach a cure, right? No. We're just we're, here to we're, continue we terrible to, influences. We just want you, you know. to
0: be infected with us. That's exactly. pretty much where we're headed, yeah.
1: Exactly. Do you see the question from Simon T. on Facebook? Would we ever be interested in doing a fast blast featuring our first car or the car we grew up with? Ooh. And what cars would they be? Ooh. Well, certainly the Jag from your yeah. from your childhood. Yeah, my dad the, had a ni- had. <laughs> my dad had a nineteen seventy one Impala for a while. Ooh. That was everything Ooh. that was bad about the seventies in that car <laughs> for sure. Oh man. Well Simon's uh, well, Simon's parents drove a Ford Maverick sedan in the eighties, mm-hmm. so now he wants to drive one. Oh man. My dad's aspirational car was a Jeep Cherokee. Okay. Nineteen seventy seven yeah. car yeah. that he bought when we moved to Colorado and That became my high school car that I shared with my sister. Yes, yes. So I did kind of drive that. But, you know, the cars that they had were, oh my gosh, I can't even remember. It was a 60s nothing sedan. Mm -hmm. I think it was a Pontiac, nothing to look at. You know, just, I suppose, you know, do an episode driving your parents' cars. Yes, that would be Not very really. funny. Not like, really, yeah. unless it was something cool.
0: Well, but I briefly, like for the course of three or four months at the most, had a 1982 Pontiac Firebird, the only year they sold it with a four-cylinder. This is the kit car, <laughs> you, I mean Knight Rider. This is the Knight Rider kit car look with none of the goodies, okay? <laughs> right. So it was a 95-horsepower, listen to these stats for a second, 95-horsepower, two-and-a-half-liter four-cylinder. Mm. They almost had to try to get that little power out of that, that car. I would I would actually be intrigued to drive that now. Mm. That would be fascinating. For like five minutes and then give it back. But there is that. So that's, <laughs> We're that's done out there here? as well. Yeah. Uh, do you see Michael, um, Pardon me, Matthew's question, Matthew Hickey on Facebook? If we could pick one host from Grand Tour to interview, who would it be? Oh. Without question, I would say James May. I'm going to go with James or Richard, certainly. Yeah. James, I think James is a fascinating guy. And I think he plays the idiot. I and agree. What's fascinating I agree. is to watch him do, like James May in At the Edge of Space is one of my all-time favorite documentaries he's done, where he goes up in the U-2 plane, and he wears a space space suit and talks about all of it, which that. is it's incredible. Very, very cool. yeah. He is a, he is a great host in his own right, and he seems to host very well from a place of curiosity, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I'm, I I want to know more about this. But he's he's pretty smart. I mean, he has a music degree, which makes me laugh. No kidding. But supposedly he has a music degree, but. He seems to have a, an understanding of engineering and design and culture, and I find that fascinating for this shaggy-haired guy. Let's be honest; it's just two shaggy-haired guys sitting here talking. That's kind of why I want to talk to James. Yeah,
1: funny. Now I I see Richard as having uh, kind of the same thing because he's hosted other things. He's yeah. hosted some science stuff, yeah. and you know has this other side of him, and that kind of is interesting. But you know, just being the not the guy that they beat on, but kind of he's yeah. like. Well, you get all the you know the cast off jobs, and he's gotten in some some pretty serious accidents as a result of it. Yeah, fair. And kind fair. of being the guy that you know that where's the kick me sign yeah. kind of thing.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, Richard keeps crashing inexplicably, but you know, James is supposedly the slow one. That you know, he's the one that's done two hundred and seventy in a Bugatti. I was going to say, so it's I'll, very. I'll bet you he's faster
1: yeah. than he lets on. I'll yeah, bet you he's sure. better or faster or knows more about the thing than he lets on. Probably. I'll bet you that's but the case. it makes it work. That'd be yeah. fine. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, what else? Gene on Facebook asks if we've ever talked about dash cams. He's wanting to get one. There must be millions out there. And what do we use? We actually do not have a dash cam that we recommend in particular because we haven't spent a lot of time. But I will say mm-hmm. I do recommend the use of a dash cam. I'm interested in getting one. We yeah. haven't had one. We actually festoon the car with GoPros at this point. <laughs> but I'm actually, you know, the more that I see, and it's it's kind of becoming something that you kind of need.
0: Guess it's I, in some areas, if you're I, in a big metropolitan area, it may be to your benefit for yeah. sure. Yeah,
1: I'm. I mean, just the people that do stupid stuff in front of you at the stoplight. Yeah, run yeah. on the light or yeah. whatever that is. And I'm, I'm seeing more and more of a use case and a yeah. you know justification to get one. But there isn't a particular brand because yeah. it kind of depends on the features and how much you have to spend. There's really nice ones that are five hundred bucks.
0: There's great ones at five hundred bucks, but that are we spending that much? It's a great question.
1: Yeah. I do recommend them though.
0: Uh Frazier had a kind of a lengthy question Let's see if I can cover it quickly. He asked this on facebook the The short setup of this is he said he really, really likes our reviews and our comparisons he's watched many of them multiple times in trying to buy he's wishing that we would do stuff that was more real world sometimes in our driving mm-hmm. meaning I hey, noticed this quoted in yeah. traffic hey put it in the city Frazier, this is a this is a weird double edged sword question here and and this comes up every now and then which is why I wanted to address it ultimately. We want to be helpful. We want to tell you how the car drives. We want you to get the sense of how the car drives by watching the two of us. And if you're a person that your proclivities are like Paul and Paul says he likes it and I don't get it, hopefully you'll like it anyway because you, you align with Paul or, or vice versa. That's that's the, the key to the show we want to make work, and I'm glad when those of you like mm-hmm. Frazier are responding and saying that it does. The other part of the show is uh, we do also want to entertain you at some level, so hopefully we're actually saying something that's coherent and funny every now and then <laughs> and also showing you a location where you just think, I'd like to drive there because – We've all been in traffic. Paul and I lived in L.A. for years. Every time we get a press car, we have to take it through L.A. traffic to get it somewhere else. And this is never fun. We've all done traffic. When you sit in traffic, what matters is how nice is the seat and how is the interior, which we also try to talk about over the course of our piece. We always try to cover that. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. this is not the driving any of us want to do. It's the driving we have to do. And I'll be honest with you, Frazier, I can think of few things more boring than let me show you me sitting in traffic. Yeah. And if yeah. you if you sit in traffic like LA or Atlanta or one of these places, you might go into convulsions seeing more traffic on your TV. We don't do it because <laughs> I want it to actually feel escapist and entertaining to see these cars on good roads and not sitting in traffic, which is what we all do, but hopefully the stuff we talk about relates. Obviously, if you go on an on-ramp, the cornering matters. If you leave a stoplight, the acceleration matters. But I don't want to show me going bumper to bumper. I mean, we did do our uh, piece of the hatchbacks in Los Angeles, but we also shot that at 5 in the morning.
1: Why? To put it in a city and avoid traffic. Right, exactly. I'm completely with you. There's a question over here from Chad W. on Facebook asking about – the performance versions versus the base versions here. And it kind of revisits the last episode's debate. And he actually asks for the example of the Cayman S with and without Sport Chrono. I can speak to this for my own car, for the GTS. And here's the example. Sport Chrono is the additional button. And not only does it put the the (laughs) clock and the the watch, the actual interface is kind of clunky to use, I'll be honest, because it uses the second turn stock on the right. You have to actually see it on the dash and make sure it's activated and you're on track. You're going fast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the last thing I want to be looking at. Yeah. But what it does for the car, and this example on my particular car, the GTS, when it's in track, sport performance mode, so everything is activated, sport plus, yeah. the engine mounts are dynamic engine mounts. Mm. And so they stiffen up to the point where it's as if the engine is bolted directly to like a tube frame of a race car. so you have less of the soft transmission feel you're getting all of the harshness but more of the power is being transmitted at low levels i'm not saying suddenly you gained a whole bunch of horsepower but it's it's like bolting the engine right to the chassis like a go-kart kind of is you feel that harshness a lot more and so it's it's giving you more of the connection to the car now it's changing a little bit of the steering ratio. It's quickening the throttle response. And it also depends on every Porsche. It's sure. different on sure. every model. To, but to what degree? Yeah. It's at least dynamic engine mounts. And it's significant. You feel the car come to life. But I don't want to deal with that all the time. It
0: gets harsher and it gets more more refined. But I come back to my question that I talked about earlier, which is less about is it is it more and better and more about are you having more fun? That's always the question that I wonder sure. about is the guy with the non-sport chrono pack on the track having less fun than the guy with, I doubt it. Certainly not. It definitely, it
1: definitely connects you more to the car. And if it gives you a little bit more performance, then more performance equals fun, right? Uh, Generally speaking.
0: Uh, Burge on uh, Instagram, I think that's right. He said, "Have we ever driven the Volvo C30?" He's considering one. Yes, we actually think it's a quirky little car. We've talked about a few times here on the podcast, and we have a review from long ago and far away versus the GTI and the uh, the Mazda three, Mazda three Speed three, in fact. That we talked about the C30. I think it's a pretty cool little car. If you really like one, uh, they're they're pretty awesome and they look very
1: unique. And there's very few of them around anymore. so I say, why not? I'm going to jump over to Twitter briefly and answer Adam's question here. Are automakers ever going to mass-produce a safari build or rally vehicles to compete with CUVs? Mm, no. I don't <laughs> think so. The closest thing I can think of is the the Audi doing it with their uh, all-roads. Sure, yeah, And yeah, Volvo yeah. doing it with their cross-country package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the closest. You know, they've got a little bit of suspension travel or yeah, yeah. different setup there. That's kind of as close as they want because... We are all into the Safari builds, well, except for you. I'm, I'm really not. But I'm, I'm, really, I'm I, really okay if it goes
0: away. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Okay, I'll say we with a caveat, an yes. asterisk.
0: Yes. And a large percentage of people <laughs> currently like the Safari build for reasons that are lost on me. Totally yeah. into
1: it. But that's a small group of performance car enthusiasts. And by the way, to answer, to add on to your comment about the... Sitting in traffic, driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're enthusiasts. You could almost substitute the word enthusiast for everyday. Yeah, because we want to be enthusiastic and we're passionate about it. Yeah. But then this small subsegment of <laughs> safari builds—we're into that even
0: further. Yeah.
1: I guarantee you, couples are going to look at that and say, I, "What are we going to do with that?" Yeah. Who knows? Our Who needs knows? are very different than that. We'll, you know, we don't yeah. need that aerial atom thing to bomb through it's, the forest. In. It's even more, I mean, I, I see this battle with the CUVs thing. And to be honest,
0: this is what the Subaru Crosstrek is. It's a Subaru, yeah, Subaru it. that now is jacked up a little bit. And we're selling it like an SUV. It's not. But that's kind of what the Mercedes GLA is. It, it's those, they're really hatchbacks being sold as CUVs because we jacked them up like an extra inch or two and said, oh. <laughs> look, a new CUV from us because it's all everybody wants to buy. <laughs> Make a the new badge. Full, it's a special edition, people. Seriously, the full rally version, is that's an even more niche world than sports cars. I think when people are actually – everybody seems to think they're very cool. I don't see a lot of people throwing down money to, to get mm-hmm. that done. Mm-hmm. What else? Any other questions you've got? Uh, we could always go. There's a guy asking a question. Let's see. Charlie asked this question on uh, Twitter about winter tires. How much do we back off – for spirited driving one on winter, winter tires. I can't quantify it. It really is a feel thing. You can instantly tell the sidewalls are softer. You can instantly tell I can't oh, yeah.
1: go quite that hard. And it depends on the day.
0: It does depend on the day and the temps and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I would say, yeah, there's, there's definite pullback. Instantly I put the winter tires on a car and I start driving down the road. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is different. So, But then, of course, it snows. It's like it's been snowing around here. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I have these. Thank you. Season 4
1: is on Motor Trend Network now and coming soon to Amazon Prime. We're looking forward to sharing that with everyone. Absolutely. In the meantime, please watch the Corvette film, which is called American Original, and it is available
0: everywhere. Yep, Amazon, Vimeo, and also Blu-rays with the 5.1 and some fantastic picture quality. I'm just saying, I'm beating the drum for Blu-ray again. If you have watched (laughs) it or you're going to watch it, we would love for you to share your review with everyone. Go to the platform where you got the film,
1: share a review there. We would love that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys we're really thrilled and appreciative of your patronage following along please tell a friend about the podcast that's how it grows leave us a rating or review on itunes we're looking forward to next time cheers
0: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
2: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing,
0: um, you know, and I feel like...